0: black and white it's a problem with the whole way of life can't change overnight
1: but we gotta start somewhere might as well go ahead start here we didn't had a hell of a year i'm gonna make it count why i'm
2: here god is the only man
1: what's going on everybody welcome back to episode 10 of the one world agencies podcast and uh today caesar myself and sheriff we're, we're just gonna really facilitate a discussion um around the topics of what's going on um our initial reaction and um, one thing we want to really get out, out in the open is this is going to be, a, you know, a no BS, not not fluffy by any means. This is going to be um, really down in the weeds of it, our initial raw reactions and just a normal conversation as if, you know, we were just talking about the subject. So um, that's kind of how we want today's episode to go. Um, if you guys get the chance, we're actually on Zoom right now. So this, uh, the visual will actually be posted on IGTV, video, on, IGTV on the uh, One World Agency's account. So check it out there for sure. Um, but yeah, if you're uh, just listening to you right now, um, if you guys don't know um, Sherv or myself or Caesar personally, um, I myself, um, 20 22 years old, um, a white um, white male from Athol, Mass. Um, Sherv is a uh, Persian male um, from Waltham, Mass. Uh, 20 about to be 21 years old. Sheriff, you 21 yet? Oh yeah, I'm 21. Oh, Sheriff's a, a big two I'm I'm a big, I'm a big um, boy now. <laughs> there you go. And then Caesar is uh, Caesar, 20 22 year old black man from Boston, Mass. Um, And so we're just going to really go around the group right now and talk about our very different perspectives on this, Mm -hmm. um, where we're coming from, our intentions, what we've been doing to educate ourselves, how we've been taking action, and just uh, where we think this should go, and just kind of our initial reactions. So yeah, Caesar, do you want to uh, kick this off with kind of your initial thoughts on this?
2: Oh, well, for me, obviously, just uh, being a a black male, uh, it's a more personal conversation for me, because I've I've lived through this my whole life, and Family who've lived through the same thing from and friends and, and, and things like that. So, for me, uh, I wanted to, for our podcast and this conversation, to kind of in a way go away from what we've been doing, where it's like talking about something specific. And I just think that this is something everyone should be talking about. It shouldn't be in the forefront of everyone else's uh, mind. And I, uh, my coming into this conversation, like I was talking to Ty and sure before, that I wanted to have an actual conversation. And if we're going to do this, we're, we're not going to, like, hide behind a camera. And that's why we're on, we're, we're on video today. And I want to have an actual, real conversation about what's going on. And I see a lot of people, like, saying things, but, like, there's a lot of fluff in it. Uh, I want to have a real, genuine conversation and have these uncomfortable conversations where uh, we could talk about it and talk about things that we might think or know or what you've been learning. And we might feel a little uncomfortable, but that's where, that's where we grow. And that's where we, we learn more about ourselves and what each other's feeling and then and, and empathy and things like that. So for me, I want this to be a, a, a real-fledged conversation that hopefully uh, not only helps myself, but helps Tyler and Shervin, any other person who might be listening to this today. So hopefully this is, like, my little part, our little part of trying to, like, keep this conversation going and keep this going and keep this momentum going and keep Everything that the good that's come about, everything that's been going on so far, and keep that going in our own little way. And if, if this conversation we have today can affect one person, then we've done we've done a good job today. And that next person could maybe educate the next person and talk to the next person, and uh, hopefully, it gets as many people as possible because uh, this is uh, this is something a lot. Something is definitely going on, and it definitely uh, deserves to be talked about. So that's like my little point of view from to, to begin with.
1: 100%, man. Absolutely. I, I love that, dude. And really what you said, dude, is like getting rid of the fluff. So many people talk about it. They claim, you know, oh, yeah, become aware of it, become aware of it. And like you don't actually become aware of it until you attempt to actually understand it. And that's what we're trying to do right now. I've been trying to do um, for I don't even know how long now is trying to find a real deeper understanding. And by doing that is educating myself, educating people around me and actually taking action just talking about the service level stuff isn't what's going to get it done. And that's, I think that's kind of what you're saying right now. It's really, you have to dive deep into it to really yeah. solve a problem if you want to. And that's what we plan on doing right now. So sure. Like, uh, what are your, uh, what are your initial thoughts? Yeah, absolutely. I agree. I, I told both of you the
0: exact way I want to handle this was you no, know, no bullshit at all. Uh, I think I agree with Caesar and that there's a lot of, things right now on the news and in general where we're seeing a lot of fluff out there of you know in general this is not good you know this is bad but like there has to be some kind of happy medium met between the between you know the minority community and you know the cops and people are just failing to see that no that's bullshit that's not that's not true right now you know like there is this severe physical mental emotional beating on one side by one side and you know be failing to realize that is what you know, that's the fluff. that's what we're talking about and also failing to recognize you know there's failing to recognize that there are different points of view from a white male from a black male from a middle eastern male everyone's had their own experiences and i guess briefly i'll start off with kind of giving my experience and then caesar i'll flow it back to you and you can kind of give your experience what was similar what's what's different and throughout this whole time um and then tyler you can definitely give yours because that i think to tie that back will be the most interesting one to hear is, you know, for me personally, I, you know, being a Middle Eastern uh, Middle Eastern male, uh, in Waltham where I am, it's very, very predominantly, or let me say this, when I, stro- when I first was living here and growing up, very predominantly white, especially in the neighborhood I'm in, very white, very, you know, pretty uh, middle class, uh, upper middle class, good area. I love being here. I love the people here. Um, you know, again, nothing wrong with anyone who's here, but little things. And Tyler, we've talked about this earlier, just um, throughout the system that trickled down and, and you start to notice, you don't, you don't really notice it until a time like this happens. Uh, and when I think back on it, you know, in, in general, there were obviously some more, there were definitely some more obvious things just for me being, you know, the only brown colored person in my friend group, you know, I uh, being from the middle East, I definitely experienced some, some really, really different things. So when, when things were, uh, you know, I think when I was in like elementary school, I used to get bullied all the time. People would call me, especially since it wasn't too far from the 9-11 attacks. People would absolutely, you know, berate me with comments like that. You know, uh, you're terrorist, this, that. You know, people would push me on the playground. I'd go home to my mom crying because I don't know what the fuck they're talking about. And it's just a tough topic. I'm like, well, how's my mom supposed to handle that? Uh, and, you know, she, she's just trying to comfort me and saying, like, you know, it's, it's going to be okay. They don't know what they're talking about, this, that. They don't know who you really are as a person. And it was really interesting to me as I, as I grew up, you know, obviously that slowed down a little bit, but that still happened every now and then. People would say it more as a joke, but they didn't realize how, like, that hurt. And I, like, I hated that. And everyone knew, like, when people in middle school would try to piss me off of that because they knew I'd, I'd flip shit. Uh, they'd call me, like, a terrorist or this or that or, like, oh, you're going you're gonna to bomb, like, math class later or something like that. You know, like, it's stuff that in the moment, you know, people think it's hilarious. People are like, whatever. Like, we don't really mean it. But, like, what does that do to, to me? They don't know that. Uh, And again, little, just little things like that, that's built into the brains of, um, you know, built into the brains of just most of our youth nowadays is that like, that's okay. That it's okay to make a funny comment like that uh, and at the risk of hurting someone's feelings and above all hurting their self-esteem, their ego, whatever it is, if it wasn't for, you know, uh, for me growing up and realizing that I don't really give a shit what anyone calls me uh, and same being for, for all of us that could have really affected me and really could have hurt me. And my whole point of saying this is when I think about it now, that wasn't, that was nothing compared to what's going on now and what people are facing now. And that's why I see so I'm interested to hear what you have to say after because I realize like the shit that I went through is nothing. That's like 1% of what people are going through now. Not even less than a, but that's generous. I didn't have to worry about, or at least, you know, not really did I have to worry about when I get pulled over, am I going to, am I going to see my family again? You know, what I mean, I didn't have to worry about uh, all the little things like that. It's like when I interact with police, like are they going to have some subconscious bias that may screw me over and I end up actually going to jail when, you know, my white friend uh, could do the same thing. And they'll just be like, hey, don't do that or we're going to call your parents. You know what I mean? It's just a completely different. And those are the little things I noticed, like I could have had it a lot worse. And that's why I feel like, honestly, I feel like I had a privilege because, simply because I, I could have had it worse. And I think that's where a lot of people fail to see is just because you're not black. Just, because right now, obviously it's a minority problem in general, but the, the problem remains prominently in the black community. It's not, it's not as heavily a Middle Eastern problem. Like I wouldn't say there's, there's, no, there's not huge, huge racism right now against Middle Eastern people. I, I don't feel the pressure, I don't, I don't feel it. Uh, and that's why I think it, that in itself is a privilege. And the fact that I'm not being, I, I don't, like I said, I don't have to worry about a lot of, these, a lot of the things. Um, that the typical black male may have to, may have to think about at night. Uh, so I think that in itself, that's why I kind of started off with that. Is I always thought that was so bad. And like, I was, I was treated, you know, I was treated racistly, which yeah, I was, that's not, that's not false, but it, again, that's nothing compared to what's going on today. And I think at the end of the day, what, it, everything starts with our youth for exactly that reason. Because if there were times, obviously I, my mom called like my principal like hey you know sure like these kids are berating sure of what's happening like you know and and what's the conversation that gets had with those kids is like hey that's not right don't don't make fun of them it's not a conversation of that is absolutely like that's just as foundational as a human being that is not correct you need to fix this like this is an issue and they don't bring it with their parents they just tell the kid don't don't make fun of them like bullying's bad that was the conversation being had instead of now the reform has to be with the youth and I think everyone knows that at this point that's not brain surgery you, it has to start with our youth because it's really hard to fix a broken mind of you know of 50 60 year old people nowadays you know what i mean it has to start with the youth when their minds can be molded to realize that this is just not foundationally how you can act as a human being
1: i think uh, a huge thing you just said there real quick not to interrupt is like yeah, when no you know when they would call your school and stuff and they would be like oh yeah like they, they would kind of confront it like beat around the bush almost but the, why was the conversation like not like this is racist? Like you didn't yeah. know what you're doing, but what you did was racist and this yeah. is what racism is. And there should be a higher level of conversation held there. And especially with everything going on right now. So like what you're saying about like education at the lowest level, like I have so many thoughts on that subject by yeah. itself and I won't dive in right now. We'll do this in future episodes and everything, but like education at, you know, elementary level, the middle school level, like that needs to be taught and educated for people to understand. Cause when you look at textbooks, history books, they're whitewashed. Well, a thousand percent. And when you actually start educating yourself on the things that aren't taught in, you know, a lot of public education or a lot of public schools um, in those systems and those institutions, it really opens your eyes as to, you know, you were only taught in your school what showed to you. You're not taught the reality of a lot of things. And the reality of a lot of things are people, they are beating around the bush because they are insecure with their role they're playing in the system and they won't confront it and until you confront the role like people like me of you know white males who do play a role in the systematic racism because it has been innately rooted in us through you know these the past hundreds of years with everything going on and i'll dive into it in my portion in a few but like the conversation needs to be held of you need to raise awareness. But when I say raise awareness, I mean, talk about it, understand yeah. Yeah. it. That's what we're doing right now. And yeah, Caesar, go ahead right here.
2: Kind of going off of what uh, Sheriff said and uh, you also just kind of said, and I just want to begin with that. Any sort of racism is not okay. I don't care if it's white on black, black on white, Middle East into white. Like you should not have gone through that. And that obviously goes back to just so many other stuff and like the first thing in this particular conversation we should say is that black lives matter like you should be able to understand and say that and the people who try to kind of move away from that conversation by saying all lives matter or blue lives matter or yellow lives matter like i get it all lives do matter but in this specific conversation and the bigger problem with what's going on you should be able to understand when someone's trying to sell tell you that black lives matter because clearly there is a problem with what's going on in the united states of america like there's clearly there is a there's a a, a, a there's a, a line between african-american male and female or just african-american in generals, and police brutality in america there's a one in 1,000 chance of me getting shot by a cop when I go outside. There are lottery ticket and scratch ticket odds they are better than that. And with that being said, the first step as a white person or someone who doesn't really understand what's going on or trying to empathize, empathize with, the, with everything that a lot of people are saying is admitting that there's clearly a problem, that there's something wrong and the numbers literally show it. So like anything that happens, if you're addicted to something, the first thing the experts tell you to do is admit that there's a problem. And I feel like everyone in the world and everyone in the country should be able to understand that clearly something is broken in the system and something is wrong. And the police brutality part that is being seen on TV is just one of the million different things in America that is wrong and that oppresses the minority in the black community every single day. And the police is just a bigger part because they have the power. They have the badge. They're supposed to protect themselves. So they're given that power. Whereas when that power is used the wrong way, we see that right away, but there are still the education system, the, 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 the housing system, the count Like there's so many other things that is wrong in America. And it's, systematically racist towards black people that we still have to talk about but that's a that's a whole bigger and different conversation but the first step for me is you and white people and other people admitted that there's a problem and if we don't have those difficult conversations and uncomfortable conversations to be able to see the side of where we're coming from then we're not going to go anywhere it's just going to we're just going to keep looking the other way because a lot of times I feel like it's crazy to think that it took a pandemic, no sports, no TV, bad economy, everyone home for us to even have a meaningful conversation and something come out of it. So like, I feel like a lot of times it's like, as human beings, we're built to be self-centered. Like always worrying about yourself. What am I doing? What, how do I get here? So with this pause a little bit, we're able to like kind of the big thing is if we could, if you could, in your mind, get out of your little bubble where it's like, Oh, I live in the suburbs. Like there's no racism here. I don't see it. Like clearly there's racism out there. Clearly there's something wrong. And clearly as my brother, as another human being, as people who say we're good people, you should be able to like see something is wrong and be able to at least talk about it, take your time to educate yourself about it. And this goes back to like, like, like Tyler said, like how a school system is set up, what we learn about history. Like, these are things that no one talked about. Like the Juneteenth, like the slavery thing that's just happening today, exactly today, no one even knew this was, a, like, I, I bet you 99% of kids our age didn't even know anything about this till this happened. I had no so, idea.
1: Yeah, uh, like, but like the day of Christopher so Columbus, so having these
2: conversations and talking about it, and then after talking about it, all right, then we're going to do something about it, not just talking about it. But the first step is admitting there's a problem there's clearly a divide between white black people and police in America and the systematic racism in America. So when we admit that and start talking about that and start doing things to fix that, then we can fix it. But just look another way and just saying, Oh, I don't see it. or all oh, I matter. You're just, you're not helping anything at all. So that's where I, what I, how I'll kind of go about it. I'd say. Totally.
0: One, one, one quick thing before, before I toss it to you, Tyler, funny, funny about what you're saying, Caesar. I saw a thing on a, uh, I forget where it was, but I saw this thing online. of uh, This is what the all lives matter argument is. It's basically when people say, oh, save the polar bears. Uh, okay, well, what if someone said, okay, whoa, 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 don't just save the polar bears. What about all the other bears? Are you saying fuck all the other bears? No, it's not what we're saying. We're saying the polar bears are in danger. You're saying the polar bears is, is the main focus of the problem yeah. right now. People are, that's the exact, like, that's the exact argument that's being used right now. That, yeah. whoa, 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 no, no, no. But, but not, just, not just black people. Everyone matters. Like, shut the hell yeah. up. That just pisses me off. Anyways. Yeah. Sorry,
1: same, can take it. <laughs> same with the, the, fi- the house fire one. It's like, if your house is on fire and you call the fire department, they're not going to go hose down every house. i yeah, able- like, well, what about my yeah, house? The <laughs> houses might be getting a little warmer. Like, no, yeah. like, it's not how this works. But like what you said, like, I love it. Like what, what is taught in our education system is so fundamentally screwed up. And I'm down, yeah. you know, talking about social norms because like I literally just said, like the day C- Christopher Columbus decided to sail the ocean blue was raved about like some hero came over here. And we all know kind of what actually happened or, you know, whatever. And then, but we don't, I didn't even know what Juneteenth was until like three weeks ago. No, no idea. I'm not even kidding. So like, where's the disconnect there? Why, what is, who's prioritizing? What is talked about there? Why is there not a conversation at a very high level about, you know, why are our kids not, why are their eyes not more open to these things? Why was there so much, you know, why were these, why were people right now not educated on the subject? Why was this already not, a ma- Why was this already not in the front, like, part of everybody's brain and being talked about? Because it's been a problem forever, but it just took you know this one last crazy thing, and because of how drastic it was, with like a, it wasn't even a counterfeit bill, and like that was what, dominoed all this one situation, and there's been a million others, but like it took you know one more thing, and people are like, yo, we, we, you know things become violent and everything, and like, at some point, like there's going to be. Uh, something else is going to happen because they've been asking for help. Uh-huh. They've been raising awareness for years and years and years, but nobody listens. And at a certain point, what do you do? So yeah. every, where everything's going right now is I love all the, the peaceful protests are incredible. They're still going on right now. We haven't seen a movement like this in a very, very long time. And a, a big thing I've been doing is trying to stay as educated as possible yeah. for the past few weeks with everything going on. And I went to, um, I went to an incredible it was an, like, an educators rally um, in Amherst mass um, two weeks ago, and it was the a lot of the professors, the teachers, um, primarily. You know, it's a very kind of like a white um, town where they are, and yeah. a lot of them are white. So what they would do is they were, they would come in and speak, and the coolest thing was they would all come in and they would at first recognize the role they had been playing in the institutional racism. They were talking about exactly like, actual examples of something that happened in their classroom that they could have done. They didn't, they were unconsciously racist, that they could have done better and they plan on improving on in the future. And to hear someone become so vulnerable and to acknowledge what they had done. And then they, they, they went home that day and they felt weird about it when it was happening. They were like, should I have done something better today? Like, you yeah. know, how did I let that happen in my classroom? And like, that's the conversation people have to have with themselves in order to move forward. And so many people will just put up that surface wall and you know, act like it's not a problem. And Caesar. something you said is like, yeah. you know, when you're in your bubble of the world, like it's easy to be like, oh, you know, it's not a problem here. Well, yes. What are they talking about? And to be so close-minded and so narrow-minded, it, it shocks me. And just learning about the systematic, the institutionalized racism, the redlining of communities that happened decades ago of when they started busing people yeah. into inner city schools. Like, think about that. And for those of you who don't know what redlining was, redlining was essentially um, government, state governments, going in and, you know, literally identifying the low income and colored neighborhoods and drawing maps and lines around these places and either one bussing those people out of those areas to other school districts or cutting funding to those school districts. And when you do that, so what happens? Then you start to get, you know, if you look at like the whole Jim Crow era, when they had no supplies, they had segregated bathrooms, they had poor facilities, all of these things. And then you ask yourself, like, why is there an educational gap sometimes why do these things happen why do people have this terrible stigma about all these things and like you literally the system literally created it and then but people ignore what happened and they ignore the head start that so many privileged white people have in life myself included we talk about you know social capital and i was talking to sheriff about this before like so many people when you talk about oh like you know, that person just seemed a little bit more professional. What do you mean by that? He shook your hand more firm. He had better eye contact with you. Well, that's probably because he grew up in a household where he was told that by 40, 50 people of privileged white people before him. Whereas, you know, maybe a black man coming in, they're more, they're more talking about like – whatever it is for their, their, their environment. And that, that time spiritual stuff could be anything, but so many white people come out with this, you know, initial social capital. And that has to do with the stemming of the system from, you know, that literally 200 year gap where, you know, slavery had ended, but white people had been progressing for years and years and years. And all of it comes down to this point. And when you ignore the systematic effect that it has on people you're ignoring the reality of what's actually yeah. going on in today's society. And that's where the conversation needs to be pointed to is look at the system, realize what role have I been playing in this system? How can I become aware of it, understand it and then change to help make it better. And that's the portion a lot of people really don't come around to is understanding it deeper and then saying, what can I do to change myself yeah. and then those around me? And that's where I think we're going with this conversation right now is like, you have to make a change within yourself to then help those around you. But until you make that decision, you're not, you will continue to ignore the problem and you will be the problem. Yeah, and kind
2: of going off what you just said, Ty, like I feel like a lot of people try to make this like a political conversation. Like the act of humanity is not political is the first thing I'll say to those people. This is not about politics. This is at the end of the day, this is about right and wrong. Can you see this is right? Okay, this is right. And it, can you see if this is wrong? this is wrong. This is not a, a red or a blue thing or or conservative or liberal. This is a, you clearly see something is clearly very wrong. So I feel like people like admitting that as well. It's like a lot, a lot of people try to like, kind of like just like move, like move away to towards it all. Like, oh, like it's just the politics. Like it's the Democrats all oh, like, it's, it's not about that. This is like a, a right and wrong thing. And if you believe in right, then you're on the side that says, Black lives clearly matter and something is clearly wrong. We have to do something about it. And if you're on the other side, we're like, oh, this is like, oh, it's a fake news. Or like, no, this is not fake news. I was, I've been pulled over for no apparent reason driving through white neighborhoods. I was playing, I've been playing basketball a lot of times in my, in in, 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 in Roxbury, at 12 years old, I still remember this yesterday, playing basketball with my friends and cops coming around and going through our, our bags, looking for dope, thinking we're dope boys. I'm like, I'm 12, 13 years old, just trying to play basketball. And the first thing you do, the first time I run into a cop is you're going through my back for no reason. And I'm like, so for me, like there's clearly something wrong. And we have to admit that and start talking about these things. Cause I live this on a day-to-day basis. I've, I've had friends who have been pulled over for no reason. And, and like, people always say like, Oh, it's just, a, it's just bad apples. It's just a few bad cops. Like you can't have bad cop. You can't, you can't have bad apples in, in the industry like that. They're you're supposed to protect the syrup. And obviously there's something really wrong where it's like whether it's a train in or whatever it is, or like just what they, like just wh- how their minds are like there's clearly something wrong and something has to be done about that for me. So that's kind of, in in that sense, I, I that,
1: that story right there. Like that's an exact example of people who hide behind their own, like, you know, utopias they live in, they don't listen to those stories. They don't, they don't like seek those stories. Like one thing you understand is like, That story, that's not going to be on the news. That's not going to come. That's not going to be put in your face. That story is something you have to go out and educate yourself on in a time right now. And unfortunately, many people just believe that like, oh, well, if something's a big enough deal or if it's a big enough issue, the news will obviously tell me or someone will obviously tell me and we'll we'll make it happen. But if it hasn't been brought up yet, like why? Or if it it really was that important, why hasn't it already been different? Or like, you know, maybe there is something wrong here. Or maybe, and then the worst thing is like when people start actually presenting these facts and making this massive movement and peaceful protests break out. Then what happens is, you know, the other side of things where like no matter what revolution or no matter what protest happens, there's going to be a people who, you know, take advantage of it or then make it violent or do whatever. So then what happens is people because of a defense mechanism will then just automatically group the two completely together. And then that to them, that's like a safe, a safe, safe net of being like, Oh, well, you know what? I don't have to go seek those stories because look what's obviously happening. Like, that's that's obviously- all of them.
2: And for me, going no. off what you're saying, Todd, sorry for cutting you off, like, I was at these protests in Boston. And yeah. 99, point ninety nine people there like myself were peaceful protesters I'm and checking. we were just mobilizing the numbers. There were not people throwing stuff and don't get me wrong, no one supports the people who are t- taking this as an advantage to like steal things or like loot, whatever you want to call it. Like, those are just bad people in general. And no one supports those people, but people who try to take away from the movement and the Black Lives Matters movement and the people who, major- a lot of people in Boston who are going out to protest in thousands and thousands are just white people, white old people, white kids, white, like, so many people who just understand that this is clearly wrong. So, something has to be done about us and mostly all these people are peaceful people. And there's always going to be agitators in whatever situation. There's going to be, always going to be people like that who are just there for their own bottom line to just make to just take advantage of a situation. But those are not the people who are part of the movement. Those are people who are just trying to take advantage of a situation.
1: Hundred percent. So, and just one real quick thing. We'll probably wrap them in the next like five minutes or so. But one real quick thing I want to really say is. Think about this example, and it's a little isolated, but it's, it's not. I mean, it's not isolated at all. It's literally what's happening right now. But you know, I've I just hear I've heard it happen in different isolated conversations I've had like throughout the past few weeks. And w- what happens? Um, and it, basically, what I want to what I want to say here is that the conversation of you know people all the time will be like oh what a bunch of punks and they'll see like all the protest or like the uh, the looters or whatever on the news what a bunch of punks and they'll group what them sucks. in when they when they say that they'll be like oh they they're grouping the protesters in there and i'm like what are you doing so i've had conversations with family members when i've heard that happen but then one of the things i hear is when like you hear now the, the the movement Black Lives Matter talking about police brutality and stuff. And then you hear people in law enforcement or people who are connected to law enforcement be like, well, we're not all bad. They're calling us all bad. All I wanna do in that point is be like, how does it feel? Like, do you understand the irony here? of what you're saying Mm -hmm. and like that is the biggest objective truth ever of like you're grouping these punks and these thugs and whatever you're talking about dude and you're putting it into this group of it's just not what they identify it's not who they are but you're grouping it so easily so now when they are like you just said these those bad apple cops these people like i always say like people talk about oh all police are bad like no like it's not all of the cogs in the system that are bad it's the system that are bad the yeah. cogs are a lot of times just the pawns that are unconsciously the system. Training. Yeah. So it's not the cogs in the system, it is the system itself. And there are the bad apples that. Act up in you know these unconscious behaviors, or they're fully conscious. Like the thing that just happened with George Floyd, that was a fully conscious decision that man made to kneel on that man's neck for eight minutes and forty six seconds. Like that is so absurd, but that's what I'm talking about. Is like so when you they kind of are getting a taste of not you know their own medicine, but realistically, yeah, I mean, that's kind of what it, it is. It, it kind of isn't. It's only been for three weeks. Imagine doing it for exactly right, yeah. 300 years of your life. That's what I'm saying. So <laughs> there it is, and that's kind of the really big point I wanted to say is like you know, and honestly, you bring up a song like little baby came out with that song um, the other day, like the bigger picture. And if you listen to the words of that song, he actually goes really deep dives into it. He talks about how you know, it's bigger than black and white it's a problem with the whole way of life talking about the system um all these different things and even acknowledges in the song he was like yeah i've rapped about dope i've rapped about killing he was like and i've acknowledged that he's like but like systematically it's kind of what i've known and now i'm acknowledging that like i'm changing this i want to change the message that i preach in doing these things so you know people that's doing their part and stuff but he also acknowledged the other side of like you know when i get that it's not every cop but I understand the system here that is supposed to protect us is not doing what it's meant to be doing. So we need change. And he talks about like starting here right now, there's no perfect time, no perfect way to go about it, but you have to start. And it starts with yourself. So start making change in yourself and that will then trickle down to the people around you. And that's kind of where I'll wrap my portion here, I guess, but like, let's go back around and like kind of cap it off for all of us.
2: Yeah. And I could say, uh, I think, I honestly believe the majority of cops are good people. Because I have family members who are cops and other, fa- other friends who are family are cops. And I definitely understand it. it's, a, it's a difficult job. Like, that's why us as citizens and taxpayers give you the, the badge and to serve and protect us. And I get it's a hard job. And most cops, I believe, in my heart, are good people. I believe that most white people out there are probably good people. There's obviously people who are still backwards and racist in their own beliefs. But I think the majority of people in general in the world are good people and want to be good for each other and everyone else. But as a good as a good white person or a good cop, it should piss you off and see knowing that there are people out there who are taking advantage of that or be able to see that the way your system that you're part of is just fucked up. Like there's clearly something wrong in that system where someone could literally feel like they could kill someone and get away with it. Like that's just wrong in every way for someone who's supposed to be there to serve and protect, I'd say. Not, not even, not even feel like they can get away with it. They they, they (laughs) can't. Yeah. They have. They have and they, and they will continue to unless something's gone. And that's what we can't let happen. And we have that, we have this momentum going right now. We have to call this shit out whenever you see it. And for me, like, I feel like a lot of my wife friends always ask me like, what could I do? And, the way I tell them this is the first thing is admitting that there's a problem. Like clearly you see something that's wrong. How can I help? Okay. I'm going to educate myself and I'm going to ask me questions. As a black man who has many white friends, I've been fortunate enough to grow up in the inner city, go to prep school, get a scholarship for sports and things like that. I've been, I've been fortunate enough to almost win a lottery ticket because many kids who I've grown up with who probably just as talented as I am, smarter, more intelligent, they couldn't they didn't make it a lot of those kids didn't make it because of the system just because the hope just the the, the way that the, the like if you if you think about it if you if you if your mother in 2020 did not go is not in school automatically she's going to be making a lot more less money or your father or whatever the case might be and guess what their grandfather were probably around in the 60s and the 50s and those are under the Jim Crow's laws and then before that it was the jail and the slavery and like around that and all that. So like when you, when you think about it, these are all, it's like 200 years ago was not that long ago. Like these are all things who are interconnected in the one where they passed down from, where, from slavery to the mass incarceration, to the Jim Crow laws. And now what's going on today? It's all a system that's been set up to benefit one group. So when we understand that as a white person, if you understand that, then you could be able to educate yourself more and the little thing you could do is being able to call out people who are in a situation, whether you're from the suburbs or wherever, call out your friends, family, when you know something's really wrong. Cause I know Talib, being a white male from the suburbs. I know you're a great guy. You've been my roommate, whatever, but I'm sure you've been in the situation, whether it was a year ago or five years ago, when someone who was white or your friend said something or did something where you're like, yo, like that's, that's not okay. But you didn't say anything about it because you don't want to make it a big deal. It's uncomfortable. Like it's one time, but like,
1: 100 going to
2: call out people and tell them, like, yo, you like, know, like, I this is wrong, you can't do that, you can't say that, you can't act like this. So, like, the little that that's a little like a lot of people ask me, what can you do? That's the little thing you could do other than educating yourself and admitting it Is there's a problem, being able to like stand up for people who can't stand up, stand up for themselves, and stand up to people who are in your same circles. So, when we do that, maybe that one person you affect could go affect many, many other people. So, for us. This is our platform to be able to educate and help as many people as we can. And if we could help change one another person's mind, we've had a successful day today.
1: Real real quick, I could not agree with you more. The biggest thing is, like, say something when you see something. And when you just touched on, bro, I just want to touch on real quick and build off a little more. Like, the last few hundred years, it's like a system that has just been, you know, consistently improving a little bit, each time the problem gets called out. So, you know, slavery became illegal and then, but then it was like, but only, you know, if you aren't charged with a crime and then prison labor became legal. And then it, so exactly, then prison labor became legal and then it was legal up until this day. And then the fear-based mentality that has been instilled in the black community, their entire lives from just seeing like things like you, Caesar, like when your first interaction with a cop was them going through your bag for no reason, that's something that's happened. Maybe there it was their parents Teaching them and educating them on what has happened to them in their past. So that's what you're taught, and that's what you hear. That's systematically rooted into you from what has happened due to the system. So when that's rooted in you and you're fear based, then yes, white people who just say, like, one of the biggest things is, like, oh, I came from nothing too. I came from nothing too. You came from nothing in a very, very, very different sense yeah. of the word. You didn't have that fear rooted into you about the police system, about the people trying to protect you. You had this goodwill thinking about the world, whereas not perspective that was taught and rooted into the black community for hundreds of years so like when you say it's not your problem it's a black person's problem to do it themselves no it is the people who created the problem white people white people like me who need to be like how can i take the position i'm in now and help help educate myself become aware of it and then uplift the people who have been oppressed for so long and help them you know help them do that so that's a massive thing I just want to touch on with the fear-based mentality that's been instilled from the system for so, so long. And that's the last thing. But yeah, go ahead, Sheriff.
0: Yeah, I couldn't have said it better myself. That's kind of where I was going to go. But I guess the last thing I'll touch on is um, going back to what you're saying about the system. It's the system is an environment that nurtures these bad apples to, to come out. And Caesar, exactly what you're saying. Yeah, there are tons of great, there are definitely more good cops than there are bad cops. There are more good white people than there are bad white people but simply the system has allowed them to be nurtured for their bad subconscious thought, not even subconscious, it's not subconscious, fully conscious racism, fully conscious unawareness of, you know, uh, of their biases towards inequality for them to come out. If the system couldn't nurture those things, if the, ner- if the system was not an environment that was an incubator for, for these kinds of biases and, and, you know, inequalities, then this wouldn't be a thing. Obviously that's a very, you know, much easier said than done, but at the end of the day, that's what it comes down to, and it, it is the system. Um, but I mean, that's that's kind of my last thoughts for it. And uh Caesar, I know exactly what you were saying. Is yeah, it's just not we,
2: for me. I mean, yeah, I think we've had a great one. But to my final thoughts, and people, well, I feel like this pisses me off when people say they don't see color. Like that's, like <laughs> that's another- <laughs> bullshit. No, <it> was, <laughs> like are you fucking blind? Like, with? like, just if you ever say that, I'm just like the conversation's not going to go anywhere. You should see color. You should be able to see that I'm a six foot four black, decently built guy, and I should be able to see that Tyler is white and Sherv is. Oh, I don't know what be, but he's definitely not white or black. So like, I see he's something different for me. But what his color of his skin shouldn't affect how I feel about him or how like how I, I think oh who he might, who he might be here, what they might do to me. It's like it's the the person who they are is what matters. And and it's crazy for me because like. I've been fortunate enough to like grow up in NC but like be able to go to prep school and then go to Kentucky and things like that. Like every day when I walk out my house, I, I know that I'm black. And those me knowing that every day affects a lot of things I do every day. And it's kind of sad to say, because like for me, for example, when I'm at, I feel like when I'm at like Kentucky, UMass, I have like my UMass basketball sports things on. I feel like white people there look and treat me differently, but once that UMass shirt is off and it's just a regular shirt and I'm walking around Amherst or Kentucky, wherever it was. It's like, I know that that white person subconsciously is just seeing a black person and not knowing who he is or like what they might do to me. But whenever I have like something that's like UMass basketball, the first, Oh my God, you play basketball. Like, Oh, you, you work with basketball or you play soccer. Like, it's like, they feel more comfortable because like, Oh, this guy is like, cool or whatever so like stop looking at like stop looking at us as just like cool a thing when you're doing something good but like for me this fight is for that kid who might not play sports from the inner city but wants the same opportunities that I have that's what this fight is about for me you know what I mean so I think when you look when I look at that way it's like my voice as bit as, as little as big as it is is hopefully going to help the next black kid who's coming in from the inner city to be able to like not be judged when he walks into a prep school or walks into a situation where he's just a, he's he doesn't look alike as everyone else. So like, oh my god, like you talk so differently. What does you talk so like correctly? What the fuck? What, what does that mean? Like, <laughs> like no, I just talk because I I was I was fortunate enough to educate myself. My mom was a single mom and raised me well and made sure through working through jobs, I still did my work and did all that. Like, what, what does that mean when you say you talk? You talk. You talk so right, like. I don't talk, <laughs> you didn't expect me to be to, to be educated because I'm black. So like little things like that is what we have to talk about and get past in my opinion.
1: So I don't, dude. I, I love I don't, that. I don't have all the
2: answers, but we have to talk about it.
1: Yeah, nobody's got all the answers, but you can at least talk about it and people can make their own connections and everything. And that's what we're doing right now. Dude. I absolutely love that. And when you say people, you know, people who say like, I don't see color, like that's a microaggression in itself because innately you're saying that like by having color, it's a difference, it's a problem. Like sort of culture is important. People of color, they come from different places. They have different perspectives. It's a beautiful thing. It's not a negative thing. And when people start viewing it as that way, is oh my God, you come from a different place, a different culture, different norms. Like, how was that? And like, it, it, it can become a whole different conversation as opposed to like, you know, the negative connotations, negative stigmas are put in place by the white, the, really the white supremacist, the people in power, whatever it may be, the system, whatever you want to call it. But really, and I'll go out with this, one of these two two quotes. From the first one, sometimes people hold the core belief that is very strong when they are presented with evidence that works against that belief. The new evidence cannot be accepted. It would create a feeling that is extremely uncomfortable called cognitive dissonance. And because it is so important to protect that core belief, they will rationalize, ignore, and even deny anything that doesn't fit within that core belief. France Spain and that's an incredibly important quote. And if you listen to that back, you really understand a lot of what we just talked about is the people who put up those surface level walls and won't dive deeper into the problem because it's a wall to their own insecurity. They don't want to dive deeper into their own rationale, into their own mind of the role they played, the role they've seen people play. Like Caesar, you called, you just said said to me, like, I'm sure you've been in situations where you haven't spoken up. And I 100% have been. And I've gone home those times and been like, should I have said something? And it's bothered me. And, you know, I didn't talk about it with anybody, but now like just bring that all out in the open, be vulnerable with people. So whoever listening, you know, dive in, dive into your own mind, dive into that stuff and, really go through it, experience it. And like we always talk about fix what's in yourself. And the last quote is, you know, be the change you want to see in the world by Mahatma Gandhi. And if you start doing that and becoming the change that will just, you know, it'll trickle down into every aspect of your life, the lives around you, and you will continue to help educate and move the people around you. And that's really what we want to do. So, um, you know, I'll go with this last thing, you know, even though I I know, I'll never understand. um, I, I still stand. Um, and that's the thing. So whatever it is you believe in, um, even, you know, around black lives matter, outside of black lives matter, whatever it is, stand for something. And if you really do believe in it, then act on it, make a choice, make a conscious decision to move with it and to make it happen and to just believe it and stand fully behind it. So that's where I'll go out. Um, you guys have any closing remarks besides that?
2: Yeah. I, would just, I, mean, uh, I mean, Oh, perfect. I mean, if you, for me, if you stand for nothing, if you, if you don't know, stand for something then you believe in nothing. So, so, whether so, yeah. I'm, I'm going on, share. <laughs> no problem, dude. Yeah, exactly that.
0: Uh, I think just what you said earlier, Caesar. I think is the last thing uh, that I want to end this on is that the only way, the the question becomes, how can I help? Uh, and it's exactly what you said. Have the conversation. Recognize that this is a problem, and talk about it. Have exactly what we just did. The whole point of this. 30, 40, however long this thing was, I, I've lost track of time. The whole point of it was exactly that, for us to just talk about everything. It's not for, for us to add the most value possible in a podcast and talk about this and that. It's simply to have a conversation and tackle the problem. So in anyone that's listening to this, that was the point, is you need to do exactly this with your friends, your family, anyone where you see the problem, address it. Again, there's no, we can't give a definite answer on how to solve it, but we can give a definite answer as to how to address it and start the conversation it's that simple. At the end of the day, Black Lives
1: Matter, baby. Appreciate black Lives Matter, 100%. Uh, now, say it loud, say it proud, guys. Stand behind what you believe in, go with it. Um, and yeah, so we'll be back very soon. We're gonna probably do the Zoom thing again. Um, and announcing, I know we keep saying we're gonna be announcing our guests, but we're scheduling them out this upcoming week. We're gonna announce our first couple of interviews coming up. Um, but I really love the way this conversation went. Uh, if you guys get the chance, share it, talk about it yourself, get a group of your friends together, come up with a conversation. Um, record it whatever it is to make it comfortable but just you know have that uncomfortable conversation because it's really where it all starts so thanks so much guys for tuning into yeah. episode 10 of the one world podcast and we'll uh, we'll catch you next time
2: yeah thank yeah i want to uh, i want to say uh obviously thank you guys again Tyler Sherif sure, for obviously i'm uh this is affects me probably the most out of anyone i just wanted to Absolutely. thank you guys obviously for like Tyler obviously you've been my roommate the last year and always being part of the conversation and asking how you could help and just always being an ally and it, if we all could become allies of each other, then I think the world is going to be a better place. So I just want to say thank you to you guys again for like having Absolutely. this conversation and doing this. We'll love Absolutely. you,
1: both. Absolutely. Absolutely. Of course, dude. But yeah, one world, one place, guys. We're one people. Come together, and we'll see you guys next time. Thanks, guys. See you, guys. And I'm in the now And it don't take no X-ray To see right through my
2: smile I know i be on the go. Uh, and it ain't no drink out there that can
1: numb my soul. Oh, no. Uh, and all we want to do is take the chains off. All we want to do is break the chains off. All we want to do is be free. All we
2: want to do is be free. All we want...